Amen. This morning as we get into God's word, I am so grateful. I'm so grateful for the freedom we enjoy in this country. Amen. Amen. And, 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 you know, time after time, we, we can so easily take it for granted. But when you look at so many different parts of the world, they don't enjoy the privilege that we have. We're so grateful for that. So grateful for the freedom to worship worship God Amen. really you think about it you know and, and, and I think it's a great day to recognize and remember and we pray for our country too and our nation too uh, we enjoy the freedom we enjoy because there was a price that was paid and so we remember as we celebrate we also remember uh, those people who paid the price for our freedom that we enjoy so pray uh, keep that in prayer and uh, we're so grateful Amen, because we have freedom, and you know, the, I, was, I, I wasn't born here, and I've only been here a few years, but reading about the freedom, freedom to worship, freedom of religion, or freedom of speech, and freedom of the press, and freedom uh, to assemble, and you know, there's so many things there, and that's a privilege, really a privilege we, we don't take, we do not take for granted at all, and, and as, as always, I mean, I've I'm not familiar, I mean, as familiar, I didn't study it in school, but reading about the foundation of, of America as a nation, it's, it's always pretty fascinating. It's really fascinating, especially uh, reading the part that they didn't come just for political freedom when they first came over here. They came, they wanted free freedom to worship God the way God created them to do, to do. and sometimes that's lost, and, and, and I think... For us this weekend, uh, we thank God for the freedom to worship Him. Amen. Amen. And, and uh, this morning, again, I want to look far deeper than just political freedom or even the freedom to worship God. I want to look at the freedom that we enjoy as believers in Jesus Christ. Because to be honest, even though people live in a free country, they are not personally free very often. And they aren't really free because they aren't spiritually free, if you want to call it that. Because they're bound up on the inside. You know, they're bound up with so many different things. Bound up with stress, worry, fatigue, bitterness, guilt, resentment, regret. The list is endless. But there are a lot of people, even in church who don't live in the freedom that Christ has promised each and every one of us. And so turn with me in the Bible to John chapter 8, verses 31 through 34. This is just going to be my launch scripture. We're talking about freedom in Christ, so there are several different scriptures. But if you have your Bible, turn with me to the Gospel of John chapter 8. It's a familiar passage. John chapter 8, verses 31 through 34. Just these few verses right there. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, this is Jesus talking, Jesus said, if you hold on to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be free? We shall be set free. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the families, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Pretty amazing that portion of scripture, and and it's kind of interesting. The uh, just a couple of things I want to point out first before we get into the message. First thing you realize, Jesus, it's Jesus is talking. He's talking to the Jews, of course, and then he says this. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. First and foremost, freedom is dependent on the truth. Yeah. The truth of God's word in our case today. In the truth on who Jesus really is and what he has done for us. So the truth, 
freedom, if you say, freedom is connected to the truth. We need to know that first. Freedom has to be connected to the truth. And then, of course, their reply is kind of really amazing. I, I wonder why Jesus didn't just kind of smack them for, we are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. You know, that Jesus should have been like, bah, bah, bah. what are you talking about? Egypt, the Babylonians, the Syrians, the, you know, keep going on, the Medes, the Persians, the Greeks, and now you're under the Romans, and here you have the, I don't know, the ignorance, audacity, I don't know what to say. We have never been slaves of anyone. The truth is, Jesus, yes, could have easily pointed them out to political freedom, but what he was going for was way more than that. Because he says, when you sin, you are a slave to sin. But when the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And that's the focus of my sermon today. Everything else is pretty interesting when you read the Gospel of John and in the context of John. But it says, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Who's the Son? Of course, referring to Jesus himself. If he sets you free, you are free indeed. And when he's, the whole idea of free indeed just means this. You're really, truly, genuinely free. Because when Jesus sets you free, you are truly, truly free. I trust that you know and have put your trust in the Son himself. Because in Him, who is the truth, you have freedom. In Him, we have freedom. And what is the freedom we enjoy in Christ? And there's a list, several things that I have listed here, and they're in no particular order. But the first thing that I enjoy in terms of freedom, the freedom we enjoy in Christ, is the fact that we have a clear conscience. We have a clear conscience. That's a freedom from guilt. It means all our guilt is wiped out. All our sins are forgiven. Not only forgiven, they're also forgotten. That's very important to remember that part because it says, Jesus says, He takes us in, basically throws it in the deepest part of the sea. It's literally not just out of sight, it's out of mind too. God wipes the slate clean and uh, I always several things I think about when I think about Jesus' wife in the slate clean. And uh, the other day, Alyssa uh, loves to, to draw and sketch. And they both have the etch-a-sketch kind of looking things. You know what I'm talking about, right? But this is the fanci uh, little fancier ones now that they have. It's like you have a button and you can reset the whole thing. And of course, she spends time doing it and she's showing it to us. And Aiden being Aiden just comes along and <laughs> it's gone. Oh, and she is in tears and and, and she's so upset by everything else. But I'm sitting there listening to it. And uh, just thinking about Jesus doing that to our lives too, you know. We just mess things up. We write. We scribble. Sometimes it's beautiful. Sometimes it's really ugly. But he comes along, hits that reset button, wipe clean. Hallelujah. That's freedom. Hallelujah. That's freedom. So whenever you think about an Etch-a-Sketch, think about the good news. Jesus. You just have to shake it a little and go. I mean, back in the day, you had to shake it a little and it goes. Now you just press a button again. But when God hits the reset button in your lives when you've been a slave to sin, it's an amazing, beautiful thing. It's blank. Doesn't look great, but God, in His view, yes, it's a fresh start. He no longer slaves to sin because He gives us freedom. And the truth is this, guilt and and resentment in, in, you know, guilt because of what you've done and resentment because someone else, what someone else has done in our life. Man, they can eat away at us. I mean, probably one of the most emotionally damaging things, you know, when you live and live your life under that kind of stuff. Yet he gives us freedom from that. The freedom that just weighs you down. The burden that you carry, he takes away because of what Christ did on the cross. So in Christ, we enjoy freedom. And I've said this here, and I've said this to so many people. You know, even if there was no such thing as heaven, 
it's still a good choice to follow Christ because of living life with a clear conscience. I mean, there is heaven. I believe in that wholeheartedly. But I've told people that even if you don't believe all that stuff, it's still good to follow Christ because you get to live life without the burden of sin and guilt and a clear conscience. Doesn't mean we're perfect. Not at all. It means we're forgiven. That's it. That's the, if you want to call it, that's the first freedom we enjoy in Jesus Christ. And I think, one of the, I think one of the main reasons people are so worn out today is because they carry this burden full of guilt and shame on their shoulders and resentment on their shoulders. But you think about what Paul says in Colossians 1, 13 and 14. Paul basically is saying, you know, he's called us from darkness into light. In him we have redemption and what? The forgiveness of sins. That's freedom. That's freedom. Because Jesus purchased our freedom on the cross and we get to enjoy forgiveness from all our sins. All our sins. Jesus paid for all our sins. Not some of our sins, not certain sins, and not the sins of certain people in terms of, you know, the righteous or the holy people. All our sins if we come to him and accept his free gift. I asked this question to several people. Do you blame yourself for stuff that God has already forgiven you for? Do you blame yourself for stuff that you, that you know God has already forgiven you for? And the truth is, there are a lot of people who come to church and they still hold on to that guilt and that shame and are not truly free. Let me encourage you this morning. I know it's easier said than done. But quit beating yourself up over things that God has already forgiven you for. Again, I admit, readily admit, it's easier said than done. But you've got to learn to trust God when He says He has totally forgiven and forgotten it. And live your lives in the freedom that he has promised. And so as Christians in Christ, we enjoy freedom from guilt, a clear conscience. We also enjoy, because of the freedom we have, we have the freedom, we have access to God. We have the freedom to approach God. We have the freedom to approach God. And let me put it this way, we have personal access to God. Personal access to God as a follower of Christ. I have the freedom to enter into the very presence of God. And you've got to think tabernacle. You've got to think temple here. There were the outer courts. And of course there's this holy place. And then there is the holy of holies. And you weren't free to go in there. Only the high priest once a year could go in there. Yet on that cross as he died. The veil that separated us from God was torn. And now we have the freedom. To go into God's presence. That's the freedom we enjoy in Jesus Christ. The freedom we enjoy in Jesus Christ as a believer. You know, it's like those, you know, you go to a concert and, or a, a game and you have these all access passes sometimes. You know what I'm talking about? You don't have to wait in lines. I mean, sometimes you have to wait in line, but you don't have to wait in line. You don't have to make an appointment. You don't have to like, you know, let's wait till they are free. No. We have the freedom to come to God whenever we need to, if we want to, whatever it is. We have that all-access pass when it comes to God, when we are in Christ. Again, you don't have to make an appointment. You know, I'm going to, you know, I'm available. God doesn't have office hours. Thank God for that. We have access to God 24-7 basically because of what Christ has done. And when we have Christ in our hearts, when we are in Christ, we can approach God with boldness and with confidence, Paul says. With boldness and in confidence, not hiding behind the weight of our sin, not hiding and speculating whether he wants to see me, not hiding because I'm not good enough. No, we come with confidence, not because of our own goodness, but because of what Christ has done in the cross. That's the freedom we enjoy. Amen. Church, the whole world 
does not have direct access to God. Let me put it that way. The whole world doesn't have direct access to God. It's for those who have put their faith in him. And in, in him, in Christ, we have direct access to God. You don't have to depend on a priest or a pastor to talk to God on behalf of you. You can talk to him yourself. Amen. You can talk to him by yourself. You don't have to use KJV English either. You know, you don't have to go thou, thine, thee. No, just talk to him the way you would talk to anybody else. He's there. He's there for him. And, and I, think, I think one of the one of the things that always gets me in my uh, walk with God is that God is approachable. Even though he's holy other, even though he's the king of kings, lord of lords, and, you know, everything else, he's still approachable. Yes, he is. I can come to him, and he's not going to turn me away. Hallelujah. All dependent on our relationship with Christ, in Christ, in Christ. Again, like I said, this, this freedom is not just access to God. It's so much deeper when I realize that he wants a relationship with me as well. You don't just have access to him, but then you realize that he longs to have a relationship with me as much as I desire him. Freedom, church. It always blows my mind that God wants a relationship with me. Freedom we enjoy in Christ. We have the freedom in Christ. We enjoy access to God. My past is forgiven and forgotten. And now I have access to Him. So here's the question. Do I take advantage of my access pass that I have to God? Let me make it. I know it sounds so silly. Let me tell you this. When God is approachable, He's accessible. Do we take advantage of that? Or do we only like, okay, God... You know, it's only those 10 minutes here that I have time for you. We have the freedom to come to him, the creator of the whole universe, the one who loves us, the one who knows everything about us. Do we take advantage of that access and approach we have with him? I said this on Wednesday, you know, God's presence is everywhere. We talked about this on Wednesday. His presence is everywhere. Do we take advantage of it? Talk to him when you're driving in your car, when you're working. Take a moment just to talk to him. Amen. Doesn't have to be only on your knees by your bed or you know in a in a closet somewhere or whatever. You have access to him. A clear conscience and access and approach. You God. You can approach God with confidence. Number three, freedom in Christ also means this. It gives you the power to do the right thing. It's the power to do the right thing. Freedom, real freedom is, is the power to do the right thing. We need to understand this concept because the world often associates freedom in a very different way. Because for the world, very often, it, 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 people think freedom is no rules. But that's not real freedom. That's not real freedom. And I... I, I, I always laughed at this pastor's kid who said to him, and you probably heard this before, I, you know, I can't wait to get out of the house, you know, I can't wait to, you know, be gone, get away from my chores and everything that my parents oppressed me and everything else, you know, I can't wait to be gone. And so the pastor asked him, so what do you want to do after you finish? Well, I want to join the military. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yes, yes, yes. And I tell all my high school students, I tell all of them, through all the years, you will always have someone in authority over your life. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Right. You will always have someone in authority over your lives. And so, you know what? Real freedom with no rules is a fantasy. Yeah. It's just an illusion that you make up. You'll always have someone over you, a manager, a boss, the government, someone else. Real freedom is not no rules. Real freedom is the ability and the strength to make the right choice. Yes, and that's what we get in Christ Jesus with the strength yes. of the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, yes. It's just foolishness when you think about it. No boundaries, no rules, no regulations, no restrictions. But truth is freedom is not the absence of limits. The freedom, real freedom in Christ is the power that God gives us through the Holy Spirit to say yes to the right things and no to the wrong things. Yes, that's it. 
Not that we'll get it right all the time either. But he gives us the strength. That's why he says, you know, the temptation comes. He's going to give us a way out too. Freedom is the power to do what's good. And to stop doing things that will, if I want to use the word, hit the self-destruct button in our own lives. Freedom is the power to say yes to the right things, no to the wrong things. And, if, and the point is, many people say, I don't have the power to do that. And that's the truth. You don't have the power. But when you are in Christ, you have the power because you have the Holy Spirit living in you. Amen. Again, easier said than done. But we've got to discipline our lives and trust God with it. I was going through and looking for illustrations and I found this I found that here's the thing let me, let me say this when you struggle to say no to the wrong things you become a slave to that thing that's it God gives us freedom from being slaves to that that's the whole point of addiction I guess that's it an addiction is what you're a slave to something that you can't control but the point is, you can't control it. You've got to learn to trust God through, through the Holy Spirit to empower you to do it. Anyway, I found this amazing illustration. And this person, this man writes, My parents were typical liberated baby boomers that were, were hippies, were probably hippies growing up. There weren't many boundaries in our house for me growing up. My dad thought he was being cool, allowing me to experiment with stuff, sex, and any drugs. My sister and I were encouraged to find our own bliss. We were, we were encouraged to do whatever we felt like doing. A lot of kids want that, right? I want to do whatever I want to do. Anyway, we were encouraged to do whatever we felt like doing, all in the name of creativity and freedom. But by the time we were in our 20s, mid-20s, both my sister and I were really messed up and confused. My sister had had two abortions. I got AIDS. My new wife left me because I couldn't end my addiction to uh, meth and porn. My so-called freedom wasn't really freedom at all. It was just a sham. It was fake. On the outside, I appeared to be enjoying life, but on the inside, I was enslaved. Enslaved to my own fears, my own insecurities, my own compulsions, and I needed someone greater than me on the outside to free me from myself. That's so true, though, church. You need someone beyond you to help you get free. Amen. That's why we have Christ and that's why we have the Holy Spirit. Again, doesn't mean that we will be perfect. Doesn't mean that we won't slip up and fall. But with Christ, He gives us the strength to say no to the bad things and to say yes to the good things. Amen. We enjoy the freedom. In Christ, we enjoy the freedom. We have, sorry, the power to do what's right to do what's right you know and here's the thing talk to anybody and they'll tell you if they're honest they'll tell you there are things in my life or in your life in their life that they want to change that's just the truth you talk to anybody they all will tell you that there are things in my life that i need to change and you know that's why self-help books are big sellers you know self-help books are are hard commodities because everybody's trying to improve themselves like it or not most people are there are things in their lives there are things in my life that i want to change and so there's self-help books all over the place i mean thousands of them around correct and again not all the self-help books are bad things okay self-help books give you good ideas but here's the difference self-help books give you good ideas they don't give you the power to change the power to change only comes from the holy spirit Good ideas, knowing the right things doesn't really change your life. I can read the best book, you know, highlight it, memorize it, but if I don't do something and don't have the power to do it and make that change, it's not going to help. Knowledge is never going to help. You need the power of God, the Holy Spirit, to keep going. Second uh, Peter 2.19, and reading from the New Living Translation, it says, uh, these things, they promise, talking about... Uh, False prophets in this, in this case. But anyway, he says, they promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves to sin and corruption. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. You are a slave to whatever controls you. And then, of course, we are slaves. Whatever controls us, we are slaves to this. And then Romans 7, again, reading from the New uh, Living Translation, it says this. What a miserable person I am. And he asked the question, 
who's going to free me from this life that is dominated by sin? He's asking, who's going to stop, uh, who's going to free me from this life dominated by sin? And, you know, and you think about it. We think about sin mainly in terms of all the bad stuff, but think about it. Who's going to free me from the bondage that's just constantly worrying about stuff? Who's going to free me from this bondage of not being able to sleep properly every night? Who's going to free me from not being afraid so much about what's going to happen next? Who's going to free me from second-guessing every decision I make? Anxiety. Who's going to free me from me pulling down myself, putting myself down every time? I can go on and on and on. Who can free me from living or, you know, this life that I feel with guilt and shame? Who's going to free me from all that? And thank God, right after that, he says, thank God, the answer is Jesus Christ our Lord. He says that there in Romans 7. Why is Jesus the answer that will free us from the bondage of sin? It's simple because it says, he who so the Son sets free is free indeed. That's it. In Christ, church, real freedom. Again, please understand, it's not, let me come back. <laughs> I went off on a tangent. Real freedom is not simply no limits. Real freedom is the ability to say yes to the right stuff. And God gives us the power through the Holy Spirit to say yes so that we are no longer slaves to sin, but we are alive in Christ. Again, please don't understand. It doesn't mean we sin no more. We all will struggle in some way or form. But he gives us the power to say no. Number four, freedom, first of all, is living without guilt. A clear conscious freedom is access and approach, God being approachable. And freedom says being ability to say no to the things that mess my life up and yes to the good things. Number four, true freedom in Christ means this. I have the freedom to be who God has created me to be. I have the freedom to be who God has created them to be. God has created all of us with a plan and a purpose. And in Christ, we can live our lives with, which have meaning and purpose. With meaning and purpose. Because yeah. that's what God created us to be. Hear me out, church. Real freedom means living our life with meaning and with purpose. Amen. That's what it means to be who God created you to be. And the truth is, and just the fact, there are a lot of people who don't live, really. They just exist. That's why Jesus says, you know, I came to give you life. Because a lot of people just exist. They just exist. And, and this is just a truth that if you've been, I mean, you, my experience, your experience, you know people don't enjoy the life that God has promised them. You know people, I mean, a lot of people, they just exist through life because there's this emptiness. We always talk about this God-shaped hole, a vacuum in all of our lives. That's undeniable. And of course, we go running to fill it. People go running to fill it with whatever, you know, relationships. You know, if I get married to this person or if I have this boyfriend or if I have this girlfriend, you know, it takes away that emptiness that I have in my heart. That's not true. Well, if I have this right job and make so much money, you know, that will take away this emptiness in my heart. That's not true. If I have only this hobby and I can do this, you know, then I'll be, this emptiness will go away. That's, that's not true at all. You can go on and on and looking on and on and on to fill the emptiness in your heart. But let me tell you a thing. There's a God-shaped vacuum in all our hearts that only God can fill. Amen. Only God can fill. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to come in and make residence and allow Christ, accept Christ as your Savior, you fill that vacuum. And when you fill that vacuum, that's when you begin to really live your life with meaning and purpose. And live your life the way God had created you, has created you to be. One of the biggest things I think people who are searching to fill a vacuum, one of the biggest things they do is they look to other people for validation. They have this emptiness in their hearts and in their lives and they don't know what to do. So what they, the biggest things that I notice is that they go looking at others and wait for others to approve and validate who they are. Yeah. You know, we all know the truth about people's approval because you have it one day, the next day you may not have it. 
you may have that praise one day, the very next day, that praise may turn into something totally devastating to you. I don't know why we spend so much time and energy and resources and money trying to earn the approval of others, you know? Because somehow we think we have the right car, then people think I'm worth it, you know? If I have the right amount of money, then people think I'm worth it. Then people will approve me. We cannot buy people's approval. You cannot buy something to fill the emptiness in your heart. All you got to do is surrender your life to Christ. And in Him, you have that purpose and that meaning. In Him, you enjoy the purpose and the meaning. I mean, one pastor said, the power of culture keeps you from becoming all that God intended for you to be. Your uniqueness gets quashed because you're running after other things just to fit in. But Jesus wants to set you free so that you don't have to fit in anymore to find your happiness. Amen. I love that part. Somehow we think if we fit in, that's when I will be happy because people will approve because I'm fitting in. But the truth is this. The world's standard of fitting in is not God's standard of fitting in at all. In Christ, church. That's a whole other sermon. But you don't live according to the world's standards to have meaning and purpose in your life. It's in Christ that you really have the freedom to be who God has called you to be. And gives, and that gives meaning and purpose to your life. Amen. Freedom in Christ is not just a clear conscience. Freedom in life is not just uh, access to God. Freedom in Christ is not just the power to do the right thing. Yes, freedom in Christ gives us meaning and purpose in our lives. And the last thing that I want to say, real freedom in Christ is the freedom from all fear. Hallelujah. All fear. If you have never met a person who's crippled by fear, let me tell you this. It's kind of, you really, my heart breaks when I see someone who's just so crippled by fear, uncertainty, insecurity. But we have freedom from all fear in Christ Jesus. We have freedom from all fear in Christ Jesus. I remember a few years back, I don't see it around. They have these no fear t-shirts and hats and everything else. I don't see that around much now. That's such a, I mean, that, I think every Christian needs to wear that properly. Because in Christ, we have freedom from all fears and especially of death. And, you know, because everybody, everybody dies. Everybody dies. God didn't put us on this planet earth to live forever. No. It's appointed for all. All men and women once to die. I, I actually thank God I don't have to live in a broken world my whole life, forever and ever and ever. Amen. I mean, I live in it for my whole life, but you know what I'm trying to say. I don't have to live in a world that is broken, in a body that's broken forever and ever and ever and ever. In Christ, we have the freedom from that. Amen. Those of you who are going to have a 4th of July party, just let's talk about freedom from death today. I don't know how popular you'll be, how long that party will last, but it's a fear that everybody, it's universal, let me put it that way. The people in the world, a lot of people, you know, who, who fear death. And again, like I said, it messes up a good conversation, but let me be honest, and I, I don't fear dying. I don't go looking for it either, but I don't fear death. I don't fear death because... What does Paul say? For me to live is Christ, to die is what? It's gain. Amen. Yes, I, I, I will feel for my, my family and my friends and my loved ones who are going to miss me. I, I hope they miss me, but you know. <laughs> but I don't fear what's going to come because I am in Christ. My eternity is secure with Him in heaven. Just put it that way. That's it. Amen. I have freedom from all fear. And I don't have to fear. I mean, people fear the devil and, and they have, you know, the devil has no control over your life. Let me put it this way. Amen. He has no authority in your life because Christ is the one. You've submitted to Christ. Christ is King and Lord. Yes, do we still make crazy dumb choices? Yes, we do. Does he influence us sometimes? Yes, he do. But he has no power and has no authority over our lives Amen. because we are in Christ. Hallelujah. We don't have to fear what the devil is going to do because greater is he that is in me 
than he that is in the world. And who's in you? It's Christ. The Holy Spirit is in you. The better you know Christ, here's the truth. The better you know Christ, the more you love him. The more you love him, it pushes out fear. That's it. The more you love him, the more it just pushes pushes out fear. And so this is the truth. The more you allow his love to uh, use the word to permeate in your life, the more fear gets pushed out. The more fear gets pushed out. I really don't think fear and love can dwell together properly at all. Because his perfect love drives out fear. In Christ, we have freedom. Freedom from all Fear, so fill your life with the love of God. How do we do that? Worship Him and meditate on His Word. Because the more you get to know Him, the more you love Him. Jesus frees us from the fear of death, yes, the devil and everything else. But please remember this. The world cannot dominate and Satan cannot dominate the life, your life anymore. Because Christ has authority in your life. Christ has the authority in your life. So in Christ we have the freedom. Freedom from guilt, which is a clear conscience. Freedom to approach God anytime, any day, 24-7. We have access to God. Freedom in terms of the power. He empowers us. He's the freedom to do the right thing. It's the freedom to be who God created us to be. And then we have the freedom in Christ. Freedom from all fear. Amen. Let me pull this all together with three practical ways. Because you and I know Christians who, who probably still aren't living in the freedom that Christ has promised. Please understand, it's a process. It's a process to learn, to live in the freedom Christ has given us. But here are three suggestions, three practical ways. Number one, to live a life in freedom. Number one, always be sensitive and submissive to the Holy Spirit. Always be sensitive and submissive to the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? It simply means this. You're in constant fellowship, talking and seeking the Lord or the Holy Spirit through the day. Through your day, you're asking Jesus, what do you want me to do in this situation? God, I'm going to face something new. What do you want me to say? It's constantly being sensitive and submissive. And if you want to put it this way, yielding to that small, holy, that small, sweet spirit within you. That voice within you. If you listen to God, the truth is this. He will give you or put those ideas, the words that you need to speak to. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty. (laughs) Someone else put it this way, I remember. I don't know who said this. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of self is, there is bondage. That's just the truth. Instead of listening to yourself, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit because then you are free. What do I want to do? Uh, Follow myself instead, which kind of brings me to my second point. Say sensitive and submit to the Holy Spirit. Number two, always trust the truth of God's word over Anything else. Everything else. Always trust the truth of God's word over everything else. And I'll be the first to admit, sometimes, you know, especially as a young Christian, you you don't know the difference between the voice inside of you, whether that's from God or that's you. Or that's the devil, I don't know. It's hard sometimes to distinguish whether that idea is my idea or that's God's idea. And that's why we need to rely on the truth of God's word. And as we... We meditate and allow this to just infiltrate our lives. We begin to recognize that voice within us. Whether that's from God or that's from us. It takes experience to recognize God's voice, church. No matter how long we are as Christians, we still need to rely on God's truth more than our own feelings. We need to rely on trust God's truth more than our own feelings. When and, and, and that's so true in our lives. doesn't matter how long we've been Christians. we always got to. We just can't just go run and do it. We've got to stop, take a moment to recognize, God, is this you or is this just me? And then allow his word to guide us if we're confused. 
in our trust. Let's just allow our trust, God's truth, more than your feelings. When somebody hurts me deeply, God's truth says what? Forgive. I sure don't feel like it. But are you going to trust God's truth? Or are you going to trust your own feelings? When I trust myself, I get into trouble very often. That's just, that's just a fact in life. God says he wants to bless you. And how does he bless you? By putting him first in your life. Let's talk about finances for a minute because everybody gets upset about that part, right? The truth says what? Put me first, even in your finances. And there's a small principle called the tithe, but people get so bent out of shape for that. Oh, that's an Old Testament teaching. You know, the church wants my money and everything else. And I, I totally understand and sympathize. The church has used that as a weapon to beat down on some people's heads. I won't lie. But please understand, it's not about the money. It's about your heart at the end of the day. Yeah. Now, you can argue and do whatever you want to do. But are you going to live by the truth or going to live by how you feel? I feel I'm not going to make it, but go by what God's truth tells you to do. Yeah. Anyways, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole. But just It's the truth. We just... You know, get bent out of shape sometimes you talk about money. But obey the truth. Trust God's truth more than the way you feel. No matter how righteous you think you are. It's not about you because your righteousness is filthy rags. Trust God's truth more than your feelings. Lastly, discipline yourself or commit yourself to use your freedom to serve others. That's where it gets tricky because a lot of people want to use their freedom for themselves. But honest, honestly, the truth in the Bible tells us, use your freedom to serve others. Use your freedom to serve. Com- commit to discipline yourself to using, to using your freedom to, to serve others. The more you serve others, the more freedom God gives you because he trusts you with more freedom. Amen. Use your freedom to serve others. How do you live in freedom that Christ gives you? Be sensitive and submissive to the Holy Spirit. Trust God's word more, or the truth of God's word more than your own feelings. And use your freedom to serve others. Bow your heads with me this morning. In Christ, we have real freedom, church. And please understand, it's not a freedom to do whatever you want to do. Because that's what the world associates. Freedom, I'm just free to do whatever I want to do. But that's not real freedom, church. If you really want to enjoy, enjoy the freedom, real freedom, it starts with knowing Christ, first of all, and allowing him to be Lord of your life. That's where it starts. There's no, there's, no, there's no other way. But if you want to live your life of real freedom, stay sensitive and submit to the Holy Spirit. Say it, God, I'm going to trust you and your truth more than my feelings. And God, I'm going to use my freedom to serve others because God wants to make you let me put it this way God wants to make you more unselfish God wants to make you more gracious God wants to make you more generous nothing in there is about you it's all about the others but as you serve others God blesses you but it all starts church real freedom is in Christ and nothing else. Don't buy into the lie of the enemy. Don't buy into the lie of the world. But real freedom is doing whatever I want to do. Real freedom is in Christ 
so many people have told me oh man that means i got to go to church every sunday you know go to church on wednesdays and read my bible and i can't have fun that is such a lie There's a reason there are speed limits on the road. Cuz I can drive a car 150 miles an hour but that's not the best thing for my life because I make one wrong turn or turn fast and you know what's going to happen. Freedom that Christ gives us is not putting limits on your life. Let me put it this way, the freedom that guys Christ gives you is the freedom to live your life to the fullest. starts with that relationship with Christ church it starts with the relationship with Christ because in Christ we experience real freedom freedom from guilt the freedom to approach God the freedom in terms of the power to say yes to the right things and no to the things that destroy my life It's a freedom to be who God has called and created me to be. And it's a freedom from all fear. All fear. Not even going to pretend to say we're going to get it right all the time, church. But he gives you the power. So I'll stand together and worship him for a few minutes. Yes, Lord. I'm a child. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Church, it's just... If anyone wants to enjoy world freedom, it starts by putting our faith in Christ. It starts by putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Because apart from that, there's no real freedom. Jesus, we thank you, Father, once again. It's in Christ, church. We have freedom. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. So if you know the Lord and you know Christ, Christ is Lord of your life, so I put it that way. You can live in freedom. You can enjoy the freedom that He has promised. Just keep being sensitive submissive to the Holy Spirit trust in his truth more than your feelings trust in his truth more than you feel and lastly use your freedom to be a servant use your freedom to serve others Thank you, Father, once again, Lord. Because in you, God, we have life itself. In you, we have real freedom, God. God, in a day like today, God, where we we recognize the freedom we enjoy in this great land, God, we also recognize the freedom and are grateful for the freedom that you have given each one of our lives, that we live lives with no condemnation, God. Live lives with no fear, God. Live lives with the power of God to make the right choices. Thank you, Father, once again. Thank you, Father, once again, Lord. We commit ourselves into your hands, God, and you be Lord of our lives, God. You give us the strength we need, Lord. And help us to live lives to the fullest, Lord. For your glory, your glory alone, God. And let all people, God, who see our lives, God, just... Stand amazed at what you have done in us. Let our lives reflect your glory. Let our lives really reflect the freedom we have in you. And let your name be glorified in everything we do. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 God bless you guys.